what is good divine dolls divine dudes divine bookworms listen it has been a minute since i have read from how rich people think y'all already know one of my favorite authors steve siebold with the subtitle turn your ambition into action and um i'm gonna read from 20 chapter 25 We'll probably be done in about 10 minutes, but um, I want to challenge you or kind of give you a little homework or an exercise before we get in. I was listening to Stormy Wellington, and one of the things that she says she does when she listens to audiobooks or motivational speeches is she will be intentional about getting at least one thing from that message and repeating it and reciting it and having um kind of like a rhythm to where it helps to reprogram your mind and um it made me think about how we've been reading from this book understanding that how rich people think we've been talking a little bit or reading through the book about the difference between middle class and world class and understanding that one out of every hundred people thinks like this five out of every hundred people thinks like this and so we are moving our pebbles over from one side, you know, all the pebbles, all of the pebbles of thoughts of how we were taught to think about money. We're moving it from the middle class pile and we're moving it over to the world class, to the wealthy, to the rich pile. So today we're going to look and see what the pebble is and we're going to move that pebble from the middle class thinking to the world class thinking. So it might be something different for you, definitely something different for me, but definitely a pebble will be moved. So um, for chapter 25, it says middle class believes they aren't worthy of great wealth. World class believes they deserve to be rich. Now that one, y'all, um, I will definitely be meditating on this the rest of today. Uh, one of my, I'm getting ready to go to my water aerobics class and the place there is just so serene and it allows me to do a lot of deep thinking and um, it's, I already know this one's going to stick with me because it's one of those things where uh, I will say this and then I'll get into the reading. You know, I remember I, I took a, when I did my, my uh, master's in human resources, one of my teachers, one of my professors, she had us re read a book, Women Don't Negotiate. And when I went to this place, um, they have two bars. And um, I went to one of the, the bars and the it was all boys. And they're rowdy and running around. And the, the guy asked me, do you want to give gratuity? Okay. So while we were waiting for that drink, we went to the other location and this one had, um, it was just a couple of girls. Place is, is, you know, nice and neat and they have all these different snacks. So ordered my food and I noticed she didn't ask me, but I thought it was weird. So when I went back um, yesterday, um, same thing, order my food and I said, aren't you supposed to ask about gratuity? She's like, yeah, I just don't feel comfortable about it. And I said, how come? She's like, I just don't want to ask for it. 
right? And I started to think about it. It's like, I can't give her this whole lecture. It's just, you know, she's just doing her job. But it's like the contrast that especially with women, part of it is we just don't feel worthy, you know? And even when I think about the stage that I'm in my life, it's kind of like, I feel like, well, maybe I have to work for it. Maybe I have to... Um, do certain things. Maybe I just wasn't cut out or made for this, right? Especially a lot of you that are um, tuning in for my other podcast, um, understand that I'm, I am trailblazing what it means to, to acquire passive income for black women so that other people, other people really, but my concentration is for black women and passive income. What what does that look like? And if you don't feel worthy of it, it's like you're just setting up this block. So yeah, this is just, wow. Do I feel worthy? Do I feel like I deserve to be rich, right? And if you're ever going to be entitled... It's probably going to be, this is one of, going to be the best area. So let's get into it. It says, there is a pervasive belief among the masses that tells them they don't have the right, nor are they good enough as human beings to ask, hope, or pray for prosperity beyond their basic needs. Ooh-wee. Let me, let me try to get through this so you guys can go on your merry day, but, uh, but I will come back and give my thoughts on this. And so it has some uh, quotes here. Who am I, they ask themselves, to become a millionaire? Who am I to become a millionaire? Who am I to get what I really want? Who am I to live a lifestyle fit for a king or a queen? (laughs) I added the queen part. The world class asks, why not me? Ooh. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Where's my pencil? Y'all already know. When I had to tell you, the world class asks, why not me? I'm as good as anyone else and I deserve to be rich. If I serve others by solving problems, why shouldn't I be rewarded for a fortune? And since they have this belief, their behavior, their behavior moves them toward the manifestation of their dreams. Listen. These are some gems right here. It says whether they actually deserve to be rich is irrelevant. Okay? So for those of you kind of thinking, Steve Seabold is just, you're going to see how short this message is, but he's a drop the mic and, and exit stage left or right or whatever type of guy. Because he follows a thought pattern that goes through your mind. He explained how, you know, middle class think, the rich think. And the thought that probably came into your mind is kind of like, that's not relevant. Whether they actually deserve to be rich is irrelevant. Like all beliefs, they don't have to be true to be acted on. Woo! Now that is deep. I know we've been talking a little bit about... You know, are the things we believe, are they limiting beliefs? But this is deep right here. It says they don't have to be true to be acted on. It says while scholars and philosophers debate whether any of us has the right to be rich in a world where people are starving, 
The world class continues moving closer to the level of prosperity they have convinced themselves they deserve. I freaking love that. In a world full of people, right? Where people are starving, the world class continues moving closer to the level of prosperity they convince themselves they deserve. This is why some of the smartest people are among the poorest. Have mercy. <laughs> I don't want to keep repeating stuff, but it's kind of like you got a little bit of church in you. I don't really want to be sounding like Umar Johnson. Like That's just ridiculous, but it hits deep. It's like reverberating in my in the temples of my brain. Some of the smartest people are among the poorest, while people of average intelligence build fortunes through their beliefs, positive expectations, and focus. Uh, for those of you, I'm going to mention it real quick. I've been listening to Stormy Wellington, and she talks about how she barely had like a ninth grade education, right? Not even 12th grade GED graduate from from high school. And here, the last time I checked, she was... um or it was on one of her titles, she was a $50 million earner, right? Pretty sure she's past that. Wouldn't be surprised if she's way, way past that. Her, you know, very ambitious person, right? I've worked my way up to a PhD, and I'm still working on my way to getting to that six figures a year, right? Some of the smartest people among us are the poorest, while people of average intelligence build fortunes through their beliefs. This this is giving you the formula right here. Average intelligence build their fortunes through beliefs, right? What do you believe? Are they limiting? Can you act on them even if they're not true? Positive expectations. Um, in the podcast right before this one, I was talking about how even in things as simple as who we want in a life companion, we focus on the negative expectations. Oh, I don't want to date someone who has kids. Oh, I don't want somebody who has 50-50. I don't want somebody who has a beast. Oh, I don't want this and that. No, focus on have positive expectations. A companion, a twinkle in the eye, somebody who's making a positive influence in the lives of others, somebody who's emotionally intelligent, compassionate, loving, Caring, kind, adventurous, sense of humor. And how you do one thing is how you'll do everything. So if you have negative expectations about your life companion and your life partner, it's going to spill over into how you view the way that you make your wealth and your health and other relationships. Average intelligence people build their fortunes through their beliefs, their positive expectations and focus. Right? It says if teachers, ooh, he about to go in. If teachers, college professors, and other educational experts fully understand this, would there be anyone left to teach? It says most likely, but only the teacher who loved the profession and would do it for free if they could afford to. Whether you believe you deserve to be rich or not, you are right. And that's another one of my favorite quotes. If you believe that you deserve to be rich, you are right. If you deserve, if you believe that you don't deserve to be rich, you are right. And I think that that's really helped me a lot too, because sometimes I really want like the best for people and, but they don't believe that for themselves, right? 
And at the end of the day, they're right. And you can't fight them on that. You, you know, um, it says here, philosophers have been pondering this question for centuries and the debate will continue long after we are gone. It says, base your belief on the result you want to accomplish. If you choose, if you can choose to be rich, why would you settle for mediocrity? Do you really believe God, the universe, or any higher power will reward you for squandering your opportunities? Mm, 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 mm. And that concludes this chapter, right? The pebble that we're moving from the middle class um, stack over into the world class stack, right? One, One pebble at a time in terms of programming is that we deserve to be rich, right? And that we can act upon it. And that we need to shift our our beliefs and our positive expectations and focus. And not squander our opportunities. Right? So here's the rich resource. At the end of each section, he likes to give a book that he can read, that you can read. And the book says, The Little Book of Bull Moves in Bear Markets. Hey, so if you're into investing, you already know what it is. Um, right now we're in a bear market and there's lots of tips on how to. So, yeah, this is actually one of those books. It says, The Little Book of Bull Moves in Bear Markets. How to keep your portfolio up when the market is down. I know that's for somebody. Especially if you're into stocks and investing. We're in a bear market. I know one of the um, the investment opportunities that I'm in, um, they they only trade gold, and he understands that when there's more fear, um, gold thrives in a bear market, and because um, where I'm located in the United States, um, North America. We're on the verge of looking at World War Three, right? A lot of fear. Gas prices are high. Coming out of, coming in and out of a pandemic, you know, um, dealing with Russia and whatever is going on with them, and so the price of um, gold is just skyrocketing. But it's like, writing that. There's a lot of people who do put options, right? That's where you're making money from the economy going down. All right. You can actually make money from the economy going in the opposite direction, right? So, yeah, that book is by Peter D. Schiff, C-H-I-F-F. The Little Book of Bull Moves in Bear Markets, How to Keep Your Portfolio Up When the Market is Down. Um, Critical thinking question. It says, if you are willing and able to provide world-class service to others, don't you deserve to be compensated with world wealth class? Because remember, I, I mentioned it just a little bit in the podcast before this. Steve Siebold, Siebold has mentioned this before too, and I love this about his... Um, it's definitely something that resonates with me and stuck with me. He talks about how world-class earners, they solve problems. That's how they become wealthy. They solve problems. And so once I understood that... It makes me not want to bash people who are wealthy because I understand they're solving problems, right? And, but what happens is a lot of us, we have a limiting belief. I talked about the young lady that when, um, a couple of them actually, 
at the place that I go to, and and it has a lot to do with women. Like they've written books on this. There's studies on this. Um, the book "Women Don't Negotiate," right? We have self worth issues and self worth values, and like I say, I mean even the. I didn't even finish telling the full story because when we went back to get the drink from the um the bar where the it was just mostly it was all boys it was like five boys it was rowdy it was loud and then on top of that they didn't even give the drink to my friend they gave it to someone else and we had given them a tip and everything right because they had asked for gratuity but the young ladies who kept the place neat and nice and had all the different options and were very respectful and helpful and had a lot of people that they were working with were not asking for gratuity, right? They weren't asking for the tips. And I know people are stingy with tips. I think that it's unfortunate. I try to tip well every time. It's not, am I going to tip? It's how much am I going to tip, right? And the more I have, the more I tip, especially the more appreciative I am of the the efforts. I always tip, right? Right? But some people are stingy. I'll never forget one time I was doing DoorDash and um, this woman had the audacity to order from Cheesecake Factory. I still remember what the food was like. It was crazy. I drove 20 miles, went, dropped off the food, went back to my car. And then like, like when you get back, it's when it tells you how much you get from that person. She gave zero dollars. <coughs> zero dollars for a tip and that was the first time I had ever experienced that because I use an up before that used DoorDash and I never knew that you could opt out of giving a tip and that was a frustrating energy to work through it's like this woman knew that she you know it would have cost her to go and get that from that location for that far and the convenience of somebody bringing it to you and stuff and whatnot, right? And um, <clears throat> part of it too, I don't know if a lot of people realize this and maybe it has changed because it's been a couple years since I've done that, but <clears throat> DoorDash doesn't really pay that well. And um, there's nothing to say that you're not going to get, you know, like like I said, I drove 20 miles one way. So if I'm working out of my home base, I'm not trying to be in a whole different city or a different part of town, you know what I'm saying, for, for me to get $2. I think it was like $2.43 I got from um from DoorDash. And let's not even talk about today's gas prices, right? But um, <clears throat> we're talking about gratuity. And so, you know, a lot of us, the, at the end of the day, we're, you know, we are in a time where... Everything around you is the 3D of what is going on in your mind, right? Some of us are working to change our environment and that can take time to manifest. But for the most part, everything around you from the clothes you're wearing to the shape that you're in, right? In terms of your health, your fitness, all all are speaking volumes of your discipline, your focus, your beliefs, right? Um, and in many cases, I, you know, he was talking about the, some of the, 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 the smartest people are some of the poorest, 
But also some of the hard, hardest working people I know are some of the poorest. Also as well, right? So I love it because not only do we move the pebble in terms of what we believe, but we this one definitely gives you some shadow work to do for those of you who are with me on the spiritual journey. There's that's some shadow work there too. I want to say this too though, because the thought came to me and it came to me again just now. Now it's going to be important. Whether it's true or not, <clears throat> you know, you, some of you might feel that you want to figure out. Well, why don't why I why do I struggle with feelings of self worth? And some of you might want to go down that rabbit hole. And I can tell you, as somebody who's gone down that rabbit hole. When I when I found out, you know, what it was, it didn't really matter because I still had to act on my worth and act on my beliefs. And so you don't want to go down that rabbit hole and stay stuck and stagnant at the end of the day. Understand that you're worthy. So regardless of your upbringing, a lot of us have different upbringings, right? Stormy Wellington talks about hers. I've talked a little bit about mine. So many different backgrounds. Yeah, we're going to have things that trigger us, you know. Maybe it could be from a parent or from classmates in the way that we were bullied in school or even common day, right? There's a lot of conversations about the value and the worth of a black woman, right? the least protected no value in the melanin in the skin that we have in the you know in our physical appearance not being the most considered by others the most attractive right and as a woman you already make less than than men period but black women make less than even black men Black women make less than black men, right? Unless you you can branch out and do something like passive income or you become self-employed. And so you're not waiting on someone to validate you by paying you subpar payments for your performance, right? I almost wonder as I'm talking about this, it's like, this is going to be a pivotal year, I think, and I've been seeing the conversations, but and I want to keep this under 30 minutes when I keep that commitment to myself. So what if, you know, black women, we really have some self-worth issues to work through. Um, there's a lot of conversations going on right now, but this is just another reminder with all the other voices out there. You know, one of the things I love um, that I came across this year was um black women in luxury i i'd recommend you go and check it out and it can trigger some people cuz it can feel like it's flashy right you see people happy living their best life traveling but one of the thoughts that's going to come up in your mind is i don't deserve that right but we just read how you deserve that lifestyle And you're going to have to struggle with that as you're looking through the compilations on YouTube or even on TikTok, black women in health in 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 luxury. Nice purses, nice apartments, nice houses, nice cars, travel, hair done, nails done. You deserve that. 
And a lot of you are hardworking and smart. But at the core, there's issues with with your, you know, what you deserve. And as I'm closing out here, so surprisingly under the 30 minutes is problem solving. Right? How are the things that you do helping to to solve a problem for someone else? And then that is where your wealth lies. And it's beautiful because as you're working on that for yourself, in the last podcast, I talked about the traits of a billionaire spouse and things that I'd be looking for if I were to date again. Right now, I'm very happily off the market. I, in the sense of like, I got a relationship about maybe is it like, it's like two years ago, doing the healing, doing the inner work. And there's so many things I want to do. Book the cruises, buy the houses, drive the cars, buy the nice things, spoil my godkids, my niece. So many things I want to do. And the, st- the list keeps growing more and more and more, right? But at the end of the day, I know it's important for me to make a positive influence in other people. And um, for those of you who want to be partnered and want to have a relationship that's something that you're going to have to cultivate in yourself and have somebody else mirror too. Your divine masculine is going to be someone who is making a positive influence in the lives of other people. Right? And the way you make a positive influence in the lives of other people is by solving problems. And there's so many ways to solve problems. Right? When you think about your upbringing and your childhood or the things that you've experienced on the job or throughout your day, it could be in your fitness, with your hair, with your skin, with your spirituality. How do you solve problems? Right? That's where your wealth lies. That's where your money lies. Right? So I hope that this was a blessing to you. I know this is rich for me. I'm going to, there was something else I wanted to address at the beginning of the chapter, but um, still going to keep it under 30 minutes here. There's a pervasive belief among the masses that tell them that they don't have the right, nor they, nor are they good enough as human beings to ask, hope, or pray for prosperity beyond their basic needs. And I think what stuck out to me there was the pervasive belief among the masses. And I just want to remind you again, too, the thing about how rich people think when you talk about, you know, the top 5% and the 1% one out of 100 people think like this, right? Five out of a hundred people think like this, and we just moved the pebble from where you're thinking like the masses, right? Into that pebble, your pebbles are tipping the scale to where you're becoming a rich thinker, and now you're joining ranks to becoming top one of the top five percent thinkers and one of the one percent thinkers, right? Now you're joining ranks with how they think. And I want to just encourage you, it's not going to be that easy. Not that it should be a limiting belief where you should harp on that, but understand that you're thinking differently. And that means that sometimes you can get the strange looks or you might not feel like you fit in, but that's okay. Right? That's okay. So I love you. Sending you much, so much love and light. Um, I want to get in the habit of doing these again. So 
Um, we are almost done with this book. I, next week will be, or next time will be 26, and I think there's only 30 of these. Let me see. There's only, whoopsie, like 33? Hold on. 30. There's only 30. So we have four more to go to complete this book. Um, and those are 30 more pebbles that we can move over into how world-class thinkers, um, people think. Okay. Mm. Oh, the next one is so nice. Okay. All right. So, oh yeah. So thankfully this is on Thursday, which is, uh, has to do with Jupiter expansion, money, wealth, um, riches, um, entrepreneurship enterprises. So perfect alignment, but I think this is just universal. Um, no time restrictions. Whenever you hear it, you were definitely destined to hear it. All right. So until the next podcast, let me, I'm super excited to go to my, um, water aerobics class. I got a new bikini bottom. It's the first time I'm wearing like different colors, um, cause I usually get black. I had another one that was pink and white, but I can't find them after I move. So it is a bright color, super excited to get out there, get in the water and see what the body do and then eat something really nice and then get back home. So I hope you have an amazing day. Um, uh, you are worthy of being rich. So I'll see you at the top. Bye. This might carry me a little bit over 30 seconds, but I really wanted to make sure I drove this point home. Uh, towards the end, you heard me kind of have an aha moment. But what I was trying to say is, I wonder if there's a correlation between black women and, you know, um, I think as a collective, because I think that there are some of us who are, you know, breaking out of the mold and, you know, setting some new benchmarks in terms of what it means to be wealthy. But I think that the the majority of us have um, worth issues, right? I was talking about how that stuff can really take a toll on you when you start to you know, it uh, starts to affect you from as early as the first grade or kindergarten, right? A girl's confidence, regardless of, of the race, the highest it, it gets is after is um, age 12. After that, it stays stagnant or it, or it goes down, right? Depending on, you know, your self-determination and, and kind of um, how supportive of a role your parents and your environment are and how receptive you are to that too but for the most part your self-confidence for especially for my my ladies is at its highest at the age of 12 and it's talks like this that help you to revisit and say well wow how do I get past that how do I move past that point right? How do I build from that? And so with black women, it's just so evident because our beliefs are reflecting into our, um, into our finances, right? Um, one of the things Stormy Wellington said was, we don't have money problems, we have mindset problems, right? And so if we have mindset issues with our worth and our value, it's reflecting in, in how we're getting paid. So I just wanted to make sure to drive that point home without keeping it too long. So I'm going to hop off now, but that was my point.